Welcome to J Movie Talk, episode 79, as I'll be reviewing Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs. Don't be crazy now. There's no dynamite back there to blow you sky high. Not the best place to store it, in my opinion. But there it was. I just put the gun down. Put the gun down. I don't want to kill you. But I will, because I don't like you much anyway. I'm tired of fucking around. So either put the gun down now, or kiss your ass goodbye. Boy. And joining me for this episode is frequent guest of the show. Uh, almost going to say somewhat of a co-host of the show. Um, the real queen of horror herself, the lovely Zena. Zena, thank you for joining me on this episode. Of course, Jay. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Hey, everybody. Well, you know, it's always a pleasure to podcast with you. Um, I, I'm trying to think, how many episodes have we done between your podcast and my podcast now? I honestly lost count. Like, I was actually going to ask you if you want to come on my show <laughs> again for a different movie. But, yeah, I, I stopped counting after uh, that Honey, I'm Home movie. So... And that would be buried alive for anyone. Who yes. yes, yes, which which was a great episode, and I I enjoy it. I still enjoy that movie. They, it needs a good DVD release. It really does. I agree with you. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's ten episodes yet. I don't think. I don't think so. Maybe seven, six, uh, seven. Somewhere in that range. Yeah, I would say that six, seven, okay. in, including this one. I would I would think maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I have to look it up. Or anyone who's listening, who listens to to your show and listen to my show as well, maybe you could tell us. Boy, man, I don't know. But um, but we're here to talk about Wes Craven's, what I like to refer to as his urban horror story, The People Under the Stairs. And with this movie, one reason why I wanted to pick this movie is because of the fact that it is February, so Black History Month or whatnot, and it is a it's, one, it's a rare movie in the sense that you have not only a black lead in a horror movie, but a child, that you know, a black child that is the lead of the movie in a sense, mm-hmm. which, which is a rarity. I mean, we, I mean, you've seen, you know, uh, you know, black kids in horror movies in the past, but it's rare to have one that is the lead of the movie in a sense. So, um, before we actually get into talking about the movie, just give like your, you know, like first uh, time watching the movie and like what you think of it back, like when you first watched it and everything like that. Okay. Well, honestly, I don't remember the first time I watched the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we're around the same age. I, I was like about four years old back in 91. Yep. So, but I remember between with my brothers and sisters, we always used to watch this movie. Like, we would watch it back-to-back consistently. It was just one of those... It's like one of those 90s movies that, that... Whenever you mention it to someone, it's like their face lights up. You know, because most people, uh, they they have they heard of this movie, they've seen this movie, they love this movie. And it's like... It's basically... It's like a... It's a horror, of course. Um, but it's like a... It's not the typical home invasion you know, it, there's adventure in it. There's comedy, you know. Of course, there's just terrifying scenes. 
And it's one of those movies where it's like you feel bad for someone. It's like, well, would I be saying too much if, if I went into more detail? No, no. I mean, the movie's been out long enough. I think, I think we can right? spoilers. Yeah. Okay, 27 years, guys. Get it together if you haven't seen this movie. But okay, spoiler somewhat. It's like you, you feel bad at first. So it's like this is the type of movie. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. This is the type of movie where it's like you you have sympathy for the robbers. You know what I mean? You you feel bad for them and it's like it, it's flipped completely. It's like the the robbers, they aren't they're not the villains. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's that's the best way I can describe it to someone who has never seen the movie before. And I guess that is still spoiler free. Yeah. Uh to kind of add on to that, oh, I'm glad you mentioned that about the robbers, you know, or whatnot. To add on to it, and as many times as I've seen this movie, um, but this time after watching, it made me think, like, this is somewhat the reverse of Last House on the Left. Mm, you're right. Because for anyone who doesn't know, that was one of Wes Craven's, you know, earlier movies and everything like that that he was involved with. And with that, is where the you know the people they break into the house and the people who live in the house basically say look we ain't, we're not going to accept this we're going to take it to you and everything like that so you know that was that type of thing but with this is where like you said the robbers are the actually the the victims if you will yeah or not they're the ones that you like you say feel sympathy for and you're kind of rooting for throughout the course of the movie too so mm-hmm. I would yeah, it's a way of like if you watch these movies back to back, it's like it's the, it's somewhat the same story with of course a few things twisted around, but you know, you just feel sympathy from different points of views with both movies. So I agree with you. But yeah, um now I know you mentioned saying this you saw it probably like four years old. Um probably around the same same time period, four or five. Um, and because of my older brother, like, and I think I said this on your show or my show, I can't remember. I know I was podcasting with you when I said it though. Um, that my brother is the biggest influence of me getting into horror movies because he watched a lot of horror when we were younger and I basically had to sit there and watch a lot of what he was watching. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those movies and it's always stuck with me, especially as a, as a, you know, as a young kid or whatnot, watching this movie you gravitate to the uh, Brandon Adams fool character or whatnot because you're a kid and you, you kind of put yourself in his shoes in a way. Definitely. And so that was always my thing. And plus, I mean, he was in he was in this and then, of course, he was in um, The Sandlot, like, I think a year or two apart yeah, or whatnot. That's true. So um, speaking of him, um, what did you think of, of his character and the fact that they went with naming him fool? You know, I like that. You know, I, I think that it's, he's such a likable character because you see how he's, how his family's living. You see how he's living. And it's like, you know, he's from like a poor family. They don't live in the greatest neighborhood. It's like one of those, like really, I, I don't want to, I, I don't really think that it's that. I mean, I think, I'm sorry. I, I was thinking about when I watched it last night. And when um, they were showing like the neighborhood that he lived in and then he was coming home and he was walking up the stairs and it's just like, everybody's just like hanging out in the hallway, 
shooting up this just talking prostitution. Who knows what else is going on, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was pretty extreme. And I'm like, really? You know, but whatever. So anyway, it's kind of like, you know, you, you feel bad for him because they're yeah. struggling to make ends meet. And it's like, then you, you meet his sister and his sister, she's like in love with, you know, the tarot cards and which I have a bone to pick with her, but we'll get to that. But it's kind of like, you know, you could, you could tell that they, that he comes from a loving family because even with his dream of wanting to be a doctor, like, no, they, they couldn't afford to live, but it's just like, they still wanted him to keep his dream, you know, like, no one was trying to kill his dream down. So even with the nickname Fool, you know, I think it's pretty cool because he doesn't complain about it. Nope. Like, it seems like he was happy that that was his name. I mean, either you can call him Poindexter, you know, or just call him Fool. And I think Fool's actually, it's actually a pretty cool name. I mean, I wouldn't want to be called that, you know, but it fit his character, you know? And I thought it was interesting, too, the uh, whole contrast of calling him fool, but he was actually the smartest person in the movie. Absolutely. So, it's like, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, the fool is actually the smartest one. So, it's like, okay. Um, but, yeah, uh, where he lived was pretty freaking terrible um, and everything. And to mention, now, I thought this was interesting casting that uh, you mentioned his sister. I can't remember the character name. Uh, really? Yes, yes, there you go. Um, but uh, the actress that plays her, Kelly Jo Minter, who was, you know, she somewhat has a connection to Wes Craven, even though she was not in his, you know, the other movie, but she's in one of the sequels, which is Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, mm-hmm. which is the one that she's in. So I thought that was interesting, you know, that she was in that, and then Wes Craven cast her here and everything, uh, because she, she's one of those actresses, you know, that, you know, back at that time, she, she did kind of just show up in, like, random movies, and it's like, hmm, it's interesting seeing her here. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, because the year before this came out, she was in House Party. So, it's like, it's like, okay. And then, um, let's say again? Oh, I'm sorry. I was also going to say, I also remember her from The Lost Boys. Yes. Yes, she was in The Lost yeah. Boys. So, it's like, like I said, she, she, she kind of, she just shows up, you know, and it's like, hmm, oh, yeah. Might not know her name, but it's like, oh yeah, I've seen her before, and yeah. you know stuff like that. So it was cool seeing her here, and in a way, it would have been. I think I would have liked to have seen more of her in a sense, but I guess you know the story didn't call for more of her. So I mean, it is what it is. But um, and then of course, good old Ving Rhames, but we'll talk about him later. <laughs> 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 but uh, but yeah, I, you know uh, the fool character, he's. It, that's an interesting character, and, and I would probably say the closest to a similar character would, would probably have to be uh, Shavar Ross from um, a, uh, from Friday Thirteenth Part Five, A New Beginning. As far as you know, sure. you know the kid character that's kind of like thrust into this horrible situation mm-hmm. or whatnot. But um, so uh, before we go any further, just for anyone who hasn't seen People on the Stairs, whatever you've been doing with your life if you haven't seen this movie um but uh basically the story is that like you were saying that um this poor family or whatnot living this horrible rundown you know slum in a sense and they find out that they're basically going to be getting evicted and the mother is very sick and everything and i think that's one reason why food wanted to be a doctor was to you know be able to you know save his mom in a sense i think a lot of that's where that came from too 
but um they find that they're going to be evicted or whatnot and the character of um what is Ving Rain's character name again? Leroy. Yes, Leroy. Spencer and uh, Leroy decide, you know, they, they find out exactly who owns, you know, that building because they're going to go and they're going to, you know, because apparently they're, these people are really rich or whatnot. So they're going to go rob these people or whatnot because that's, that's a great idea. They're going to go rob them to get the money and all this type of stuff. And, of course, that's what's, once they go to this house and, you know, craziness ensues once we get inside this house is that's kind of the gist of the movie in a way but of course more comes from that but um going back to ving rain what what did, what are your thoughts about ving rain's leroy character well i like him as an actor but i did not like his character it's like he wanted to kill that little boy's dream <laughs> i i get it like it's the reality of it Especially when he like jacked him up against the wall or whatever. It's like what? And you know, I I I need to tell you about Ruby and why she got on my nerves. Yes. She got on my nerves because fool is her little brother, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so she would rather send her 13-year-old brother with some random guy who she's she may and may not be dating, who clearly has an anger problem. Okay. To rob a house, and I'm not saying I, I'm not saying that this is what she should have did. Like, well, this is what she should have done, or whatever. I'm not saying that. Okay. okay. However, how are you going to have your 13 year old brother do that? Like, wouldn't you think that she would think, okay, well, maybe I could sell drugs, maybe I could be a stripper, like make some money real quick that night? She probably make more money stripping than robbing. Or sending your, like her thirteen year old. Oh, why didn't she go? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I think that would have been a completely different movie. If she I, I don't, I don't have a little brother, but I do have like I have a, I have a, a lot of nephews, but and a niece, but I do have a nephew, and he's like eight years younger than me. So it's just kind of like, but he, he, it's like we grew up like he's like my little brother. You know what I mean? So my thing is, I'm, I'm looking at it in that sense. I would never send him out there. Like I would go, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she was just like ready. Like she said, she said at one time, no, leave them alone. I heard there's something wrong with them. But then th- the next scene, literally the next scene, he is gone and he's getting ready to go in there with his Boy Scout uniform. You oh, know? And that uniform, oh my God. <laughs> Which will, I'll have to bring that uniform up again later. Uh, oh, so. So here you go, here you go, you got, you got, um, Leroy, Spencer, <laughs> and Fu <laughs> in this, in this freaking A-team looking van. <laughs> you know, this thing is not suspicious looking at all, <laughs> or whatnot. And they go to this, and it's not a, it's not a, what you say, a, a rich neighborhood. It's more, it, it's, I mean, it's a better neighborhood than where they coming from. Right. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a fairly decent, I say probably, know middle class you know somewhat neighborhood or whatnot pretty decent looking neighborhood mm-hmm. and you know they at first you know they're out on the street and the whole plan was to send fool in to as a boy scout <laughs> or, or, or whatever the hell he's supposed to be so you know with this with this horrible <laughs> little uniform with pants is too too short or whatnot in my opinion but uh, he goes there he knocks on the door and of course 
you know, no one comes to the front door. So he goes around the, the side, and this house just looks creepy from the outside anyway. It does. <laughs> and and we we're introduced to Mother, uh, played by Wendy Roby, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And when she, as soon as we see her, she looks like something is not right. She just has that look like this lady is creepy as hell. <laughs> what that and it's like she really she is like i guess because you know she's so good at putting on a putting on a facade or whatnot it's like she could tell you know something's not right with him mm-hmm. you know it's one of the type of thing you can you know when they say like people can you know when they're a certain way they can read you know other people that's that's kind of similar to them or whatnot and right she just knew something was off with him so she basically shoes him away in a sense, but she goes back into the house and everything, but she opens it from, you know, whatnot, and then she kind of just shoes him away. So he leaves. So then the Wait, next- I'm sorry. Okay. Didn't you think that was funny the way she was like, nope, sorry, nope, sorry. And then she like slammed the door or the little window thingy. Yeah. I don't know. She was just staring. That made me laugh. <laughs> like, gosh. Okay. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't want what he was selling. Um, so the, the the plan B in this was, well, since the kid didn't work, we're going to send in Spencer as a freaking, um, electrician or, or, or electrical person or something like this. Now, when he goes there, oh, she's very welcoming to him and everything, which I thought was like, mm-hmm. hmm, hmm, interesting. So you, yeah. you, you shoo away the little black boy, but you're very welcoming <laughs> to the, the nice white man or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so right there, there's, you know, some racial type things going on there, which I bring it up later, too. Um, but even with him, because she basically looks him up and down and she realized he's not right by that big skull ring that he had. <laughs> I, come on. You could have took that off. Exactly. Because, I mean, anyone who's had, you know, electricians or any type of people come to your home or whatnot to do work inside him. They do not come with anything like that on, even if they have tattoos or whatnot, most likely they have them covered up. You mm-hmm. know, they try to present themselves in the, because they're representing the company that they work for. Right. So, so, so she knew so right with him, but she invites him in and that's kind of the last time we see good old Spencer alive. But, um, <laughs> which, I, which, I thought was, which I thought was interesting. I'm sorry. I thought, I thought that was interesting though. Because we don't see him die. I mean, we see him dead later, but we don't see right. him die. So I, th- I thought that was kind of interesting that they didn't show that. Um, I would have loved to have seen that. Like, I, I still to this day wonder, like, what happened? Yeah, what exactly happened to him? I mean, because we see him later right. on down in the basement. I mean, he, he was, like like they say, he was white, you know, he, he was really white. And something literally scared him to death. And what could have scared him to death? Mm-hmm. So I mean, because I mean, there's some scary stuff in this movie, but I don't, I, I didn't see anything that would have literally scared me to death in that basement. You know, you know. So it's like, what exactly did he see? So I don't know. That uh, that was interesting. Um, but um, I mean, any any thoughts about um mother up to this point? I think that she is. Like she did an amazing job. Like I remember, I don't well, I don't know if you obviously you see Vampire in Brooklyn. 
Yes. Remember her, her small role? She was like this crazy woman at, in the police station or at the police station. And like Eddie Murphy's character told her, attack the cop. Because it's been, it's been a minute since I've seen it. Yeah, it's just like she, she just, she has this look about her, like she can just do this, this stuff, like this, have like these crazy eyes, but she was just very believable. And I agree with you. I did notice that as well, that she was being nicer to him, but I didn't take that as a racial thing. I took that as because he was a little kid, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew that, that, that the whole movie, it's, which I know we'll get into it. There's plenty of that in the movie, but as a kid, I remember I didn't think that, you know, yeah. um, because she kind of did. She acted the same way towards him, like she had her door open, but then when he came closer, she slammed the door and opened up that little window. Yep. You know, so like you said, she could read him and she knew what kind of person, you know, he he was, especially once she saw the ring, you yep. know, and it's even going talking with Spencer or talking about him. What I find strange is how he died. Because I wonder how. I wonder if she did it. Because the children or the people under the stairs, um, they were cool with food. You know, I know that that rhymes. I wasn't that's so cool. Stupid. Food. But, yeah, but you know that they, they were. They didn't have a a problem with him, you know, other than you know, with the he turned away the TV when they were trying to watch it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, they didn't, they didn't try to do anything with him. So I don't know. I just, it seems like she has a thing. I know that she's been in a couple of things because I was just checking out her IMDb uh, earlier today. It was like she was in The Dentist too, uh, which is a pretty cool movie. She was in Devil in the Flesh, which is an awesome movie. You know, so she was in a lot of, horror related even like science fiction kind of stuff you know so i think it's really cool that she's in that her and daddy actually they've been in a couple of the same things so i think that that's really cool but she just always freaked me out as a kid especially with that red lipstick i i don't know what was up with that <laughs> red lipstick and red hair Right? It's just like a clown. I, mean, I don't know. Like, on her, you know, it just looked like that. I've actually seen redheads, obviously, who would wear red lipstick, but she just looked creepy. I was scared. Yeah. yeah she, I, I always, I thought that she was the, I thought of, you know, everyone in the movie as far as, like, the creepy aspect, I thought she was the scariest one of them all. Definitely. Well, I don't know. For me, it, it, it had to be daddy you know he just freaked me out well well he i mean well he was just a creep <laughs> just, and speaking of okay so i'm glad you brought him up because that's why i was going next yes daddy played by uh everett mcgill and as you mentioned them being in you know things together it's funny around this time in 91 they both were in twin peaks together because they played husband and wife <laughs> and that and because I was a Twin Peaks fan. I used to watch Twin Peaks when I was a kid, oddly enough. And I watched the revival when it came on here last year as well. And the two of them, I felt like in this, they, because they spent more time together in this movie than they even did um, in the first two seasons of Twin Peaks or whatnot. And just their chemistry is off the charts. They play off each other so well. And 
just like little scenes like in the movie with them talking and stuff like this and how she in a sense dominates him in the way it comes off especially when when he you know he just so because he's a gun nut basically and mm-hmm. you know with him getting ready and having his gun he just you know going around house doing his thing or whatnot but then when things is not going right she just comes along she just gives him this look like like you, yeah. you are an idiot <laughs> in a sense she just kind of cowers down or whatnot like she's basically in control of everything in this house I mean, that's true he, he, I mean, he's, it's funny that they have that big dog or whatnot, but in a sense, he was her dog too. Hmm. You know, I never, I never looked at it like that. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, because when I watched it here um, last week or whatnot, I was like, hmm, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Like, yeah, they, they have the dog that does, they, but he, in a sense, he's her dog because she has him go through the house, you know, in his gimp outfit or whatnot and you know and everything and running through the house with the gun he's doing the dirty work like he sends in the dog but then she sends him in mm-hmm. because she never really goes and does anything except you know, toward the end and everything like that so i always I always thought that was kind of interesting or whatnot that is true have you noticed that they treated the dog better than they treated everyone else well of course <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right yeah the dog always get treated well, especially with crazy people. Well, you know they, they they don't care about people, you know, welfare, but the the can't harm the animal. And I mean, she felt bad when when that when when Daddy killed uh killed killed the dog, even though it was an accident. <laughs> but like, you killed him. Yeah, that's <laughs> You killed the prince, and it was just like, wow. And then he had this look on his face like, oh, no, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a crazy scene. But, um, so, so, okay, so, once Spencer disappears, then Leroy, I guess he's playing C or whatnot, and it's like, all right, well, we're going to go in here and blah, blah, blah. You know, he going to go in here because clearly he has to go in now and get the job done or whatnot. And so they've managed to get into the house, and they realize realize that this house is locked up a certain type of way and and fool even realized like you know something ain't right about this house or whatnot but good old leroy good old leroy you know his you know his obsession for the money or whatnot or the gold in a sense you know basically you know fuels him wanting to go further into the house and in a way it's, it's all leroy fault <laughs> you know, everything, everything that happened so, it, it, but the two of them just kind of going around exploring the house, I thought was interesting. Like I say, the fact that they have these windows that are locked, you know, from the inside and you can't lift them. And then, of course, these double plated windows that you can't even kick open. And it's like, what the hell? It's like, hmm. what is this house? I mean, right there and there, I'm, I'm out of there. And that doorknob. <laughs> yeah, y'all, yeah. <laughs> the doorknob. So, so they're in there and... You know, now I thought it was interesting because, okay, we don't see Daddy at first, so she, okay, she left and went to pick him up. That's what I thought. Yeah, because we saw her leave, but then when when they come back, it's the two of them together. So where the hell was he? What was he like down the street somewhere? <laughs> or something? Yeah, maybe he was checking on his properties. 
Yeah, because we find out that uh, they actually own the convenience store that was robbed, you know, the night before. And we find out that Luther, um, Luther damn, damn it, I was about to say Luther again. <laughs> Leroy and Spencer is the ones who robbed that store mm-hmm. and everything. And their van, of course, was the van that people witnessed, you know, driving away from the scene. So it was interesting that they... They basically own these properties around this town and and stuff like that. And there was always these stories about them being very weird and their and the parents being really weird too. So, w- would you have liked to have, you know, them kind of expanded more on their family backstory? I've always wanted that because I just feel like th- those two, like the mommy daddy or man woman, they're just they were just so weird, you know just a weird family and it's just like how did how did that like all that money come about like all those gold coins like i would love to see that like even like when they were like kids you know yeah because we because we find out that they're not husband and wife they're actually brother and sister which is gross so it's like well where did the girl come from mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean it's like where did she come from? Is she their child? But at the same time, daddy has some type of, you know, he he, he kind of, you know, had a thing for her in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's real subtle how they play that or whatnot. But, um, but yeah, so, um, so they're basically going through the house, um, Leroy and Pooh. And like I say, they come back and they see that this van, he pulls the van up into the driveway, which is like, really? Why? <laughs> I know. It's like, really? So, so they, they, you know, this whole thing. And then, of course, they have the door locked and everything. It was, of course, red flags to, to mommy and daddy that someone's inside the house. So they mm-hmm. managed to, you know, get this, you know, this double-plated door open and the dog runs into the house. And that whole scene with them in the living room where Foo is going to be standing in the middle of the floor leaving <laughs> behind the couch and then he going to crack the dog across the head with the with the, with the um, crowbar. Yeah, that's, that was a good plan. Because <laughs> Prince was not a stupid dog. No, he wasn't. He did not like Leroy at all. <laughs> so, so Leroy's like, because fool is standing, he's like, uh-oh. He's like, what? And he raises his head up and he goes straight for <laughs> So That was funny. So I find it interesting that Prince was smart enough to know not to attack the kid, but he went after the adult. Mm. So it's like, hmm, that was kind of interesting in a sense. Um, and then, of course, that whole scene with the doorknob where he dragged, you know, because early when he tried to go out the door, you know, he realized it shocks him and everything. So he, he, he's pulling Luther while the dog has that, you know, that death grip on his arm <laughs> over to the door and all three of them standing there with that, you know, that shake or whatnot, which is, is one of the funniest scenes. And then they get thrown <laughs> across the room. Like, what the heck is that? I like, thought it was funny that Leroy was just like mumbling that he's going to kill like him, like meeting the dog. <laughs> and it's like, he was like in so much pain and crying and scared. And it's just like, Oh, you still trying to be, you know, hard and stuff. <laughs> so, 
I mean, but it's like once this, you know, once that all starts going down, you know, they running through the house and everything, trying to hide. And and then I think Leroy is nasty when he finds a place, you know, upstairs, and he's like, uh uh-uh, uh, you gotta find your own place, only room for me in here. It just puts yeah, that- the reason this kid is even in here mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just throw him to the wayside like you better you better find your own way out but and that was a dumb hiding spot anyway well yeah just yeah because i mean it was easy where anybody just coming there open the door oh there you are bam you know you're right back. so yeah it, it was but it, it was still a hiding spot for for right then and there where food didn't have nowhere to go <laughs> so and then you know the lights go out and and then that whole crazy thing and and okay so were okay I mean I'm trying to think how I want to ask this so who okay that was Roach that clearly grabbed Leroy you know in you know when mm-hmm. he was in the closet so um my question to you is at first when you you know with that whole thing happened he's like did you think that was either mommy or daddy or you know, or what? Or you thought it was just maybe somebody else that they had, you know, in the house that we hadn't seen yet? I thought it was someone from the basement. Like, even as as a kid, I just thought it was someone in the basement. Like, maybe they had a way of getting upstairs. I didn't know that they were stuck down there, you know? Yeah. In the basement. So, and I thought that they were trying to, like, push him out there. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was like, (laughs) <laughs> because why Why would he grab, I mean, okay, if they're, I mean, they're trapped in there and this person clearly is trying to hide from the people who, who basically have trapped them in there. Why would you be trying to basically push this person out? And that's what, right. But yeah, now that you mentioned it, yeah, it, it did seem like that's what he was trying to do. It's like, hmm, that's interesting. You know, and plus you, you never, it's like we didn't know who or what else was in the house, to be honest, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it could have been a, um, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre type thing. You thinking that the cook is the worst thing, but no, you got freaking Leatherface running around there. So, and it's like, but it's like, you know, Roach was very aggressive. So, you know, with his screaming and grabbing, and it's just like he scared him. You know, he scared him, and it's just like this whole time that they were there, like you didn't think to come out yeah. out of the walls, you know? Yeah, I mean, he could get around the house in the walls and they clearly knew he was in the walls but he couldn't find a way out of the wall he right. was able to get in the walls but he couldn't get out the house and it's like i'm just wondering if roach or even alice like especially alice and she could at the obviously she could talk and she could have gave them a heads up you know like i mean i i remember her saying that you know nobody ever gets out so she was probably just used to it but um, I'm glad you brought up Alice because that's where I was going. At. I, you know, when I was a, you know, watching this before, you know, Alice never bothered me. But it's like, <laughs> it's like as I got older now and watching the movie, it's like I felt like the Alice character wasn't really necessary. Mm-hmm. Why? I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe because AJ Langer, you know, who plays Alice. I, I don't know. I just. I mean, I liked her on my so-called life, which I used to watch or whatnot. But I, I didn't feel that she was really all that good in this movie. I felt like she was the weakest link 
of the main actors and characters in this movie. In a way, I, I just felt like her her character was unnecessary. You cut out everything with Alice. It, it, you don't lose anything in the movie. I'm sorry to say that, but that's just—I mean—that's how I feel about it. I don't—I don't know. I don't. I, I think that I was with you on that. I—I I don't. I think that she was necessary, but I like you. Like as a kid, she didn't really bother me, but then now as an adult, it's kind of like she was just kind of annoying. Like she was so annoying, and especially when she slipped in that blood. I know that. <laughs> But that just makes me mad because for some reason, you know, poor girl's getting abused and she's just trying to do, you know, just trying to survive, you know, yeah. but and I don't want to jump ahead, but it's just kind of like, I felt like she was necessary because yes, cool, he, he got out of there, but say if Alice didn't help him because she left the candle and she left the doll for him to follow. Um, not fool. Well, yeah, fool would have would have probably been too scared to interact with Roach because he's screaming and yodeling in the walls. Like he doesn't know what that means. But you have someone, you know, she seems kind of calm. You know, she just seems like she's not exposed to a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, she's clearly never been outside. But it's like I felt like he needed her. You know, and obviously she really needed him. Oh, okay, yeah, well, yeah, because she is kind of the bridge between, yeah, okay, yeah, but, well, okay, well, how about I change it up a little bit and say that if maybe they cast a stronger actress in that role, because a, a lot of her scenes, she, she's very, you know, her expression never changes. That's <laughs> what, oh, yeah. She has the same expression on her face. In a scene that's supposed to be very dramatic or whatnot, especially like when they up in the attic and and fool is trying to get her to go out the window and she's like, I don't know what's out there, but she still has the, yeah. so she has the same, you know, that same stoic look on her face. Even even when she gets thrown in the bathtub, you can tell it's like she's trying to force herself to, you know, scream and everything like that. But I mean, her getting pushed down into the blood was was, was funny to me, especially when when mother's like Look what you did to your dress! Like you did this, so you pushed it down into the pool. <laughs> it's like, but even with that, I mean, I don't know. So she just—I don't know. She just felt like vanilla. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> she did. I'm sorry, I was expecting that. She did. She what just, did that mean? What? She she just felt plain in this movie. She, okay. I mean, okay. What if? And okay, this is why I said I was gonna bring back uh, Kelly Joe Mentor character. What if instead of AJ Langer as Alice, what if you had Kelly Joe Mentor as Alice? Hmm. See, but they didn't but they didn't like brown people. No, they did it, but I'm just saying I'm just saying if they didn't I, have that racial you know thing going on, if she was in that role, she would have conveyed more emotion, I think. Mm -hmm. Or even another I, you know what I mean? That, that, that's where I'm going with that. Well, how was she when she was in My So-Called Life? Wasn't she like just her friend or I think I only watched like one episode and then I got annoyed. Well, well, she was she was Claire Dane's best friend, but she was she was very she was like a uh, like a rebel type. OK, so, yeah, so she was very tomboyish and everything like that. Um, But but she actually had some type of, you know, character to her maybe 
I don't know. Maybe it was the way the character. I mean, the people understand this was her very first, you know, role. So maybe that could have been it, and everything. So I don't know. Cause my so-called life, I think that's like that's ninety-four is when they come out. So like you know, three years later. So, mm-hmm. but but I mean, here she's definitely not, you know, the greatest or whatnot. So. <laughs> I have a question for you. Okay. Um, with Alice, um, one of the creepiest parts, well, I'll tell you mine but a little bit, but I wanted to see, because obviously I know we'll get to this, but there were so many creepy scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, what's one scene that you felt, uh, we'll just, so, so we won't go all over the place. I know how our conversations can get sometimes. <laughs> Just with Alice, was there like a certain scene uh, that stood out for you? Like I know you said that she, you felt like she was just like Manella, but you know. Uh, it probably would have to be the scene in the bedroom with Daddy. Mm-hmm. Because like I say, the fact that it's like, okay, she's supposed to be their daughter, but it's like, is she really their daughter? Is she not some? child that they basically abducted probably at some very young age and raised but at the same time because yeah. daddy is a creeper or whatnot he kind of has these you know feelings toward this young girl because just the way he comes in the room and is talking to her or just looks at her or whatnot you could tell like he I don't know maybe he holds back because I don't think I don't think mother would allow him to have his way with Alice but you can see that he's kind of fighting back his urges towards her. Mm-hmm. So like I say it's not her per se, it's just in that scene, I just, you do kind of feel that if he was alone with her, what would, exactly would he do type of thing? Gosh. So so for me, that's, that's probably, for me, that's probably like the, the scene with her that probably stands. Because like I say, if not that, it'd probably be that bathtub scene because if, if you do go into the notion that that's scolding hot water and then she get thrown in there, yeah. You know, that's pretty terrible. <laughs> and that hurt my feelings, but you know, I agree with you on that. I've always thought that they they um they kidnapped Alice yeah, as I a know. kid. Yeah, I mean it, it has you know at least I hope. <laughs> at least I hope. Yeah, and, and like something that, that I was thinking about like for me that, that stood out with her. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, where is that Alice? You know, um, she clearly have seen so many horrors, you know, um, in that house. She saw people come and go, burglars, salespeople, you know, yeah. um, you remember that scene. But it was uh, it was the scene. Well, the scene that I'm talking about is when Roach, Fool and Alice were they were all in her room and um, she Fool discovered like all like a whole basket full of these dolls that she made, mm. and she made Leroy because you know he's he's dead, and his you know did he get fed to the dog? Oh no, he was kind of like chopped in half. Well, well Daddy was oh. eating pieces of him too. <laughs> <laughs> well, the scene that freaked me out, or that particular scene, she said something, and she was just like. Um, saying how she creates the dolls to keep the souls of these people. Mm. And it's just like, what? And it's just like, it, that is just like crazy. At first, 
you know, it, it felt like it was kind of like forced, but it's like, come on, think about it. Like this girl clearly does not have her sanity fully. She doesn't really know anything other than what's what happens in that house. Yeah. She knows nothing else, you know? So it's just like at this point, that's all she has. And it's like, it made me wonder too, like I would love to see, like I wondered, obviously it would have been too long, but I've always been curious about the Tara, like, just the terrifying things that she saw before Fool came. Because yeah. even what she said to him, like, nobody ever gets out. You know? And, yeah, and also, too, do you, okay, the fact that Alice and Roach were so close, in a sense, do you think that they were actually probably related? Um... No, I didn't. I didn't think so. I just always thought it was because you know, Alice she had no one, and maybe you know, um, Roach he kind of just took her under his wing. He would see how how they treat her, and you know, she needed someone to talk to, and you know, I don't know. I kind of just thought that is a really good question. No, because I, I always found it very interesting, like the fact that, or, or maybe too, you know, maybe he was hoping that she would show him the way out, but she never did, so he was just trapped there. <laughs> so, it's like, show me out, let me out of here. And but what would he do if he ever got out of there too? Yeah. And I mean, of course, the fact that when Roach comes along or whatnot, and we find out that the reason why he doesn't talk is because they cut out his tongue. Mm-hmm. And that whole that I, I thought that was a great um, you know prosthetic or whatnot for, for his tongue or whatnot, especially when he shows and he does like the finger flip crosses. Oh but, yeah, but, but I, I thought it was funny how he was just like, "Well, my name's Poindexter, but my friends call me Foo. Who? Like that's what he's." <laughs> <laughs> Poindexter. Why, why was he called Poindexter? I don't know. I was going to ask you when we weren't on air because I, I've always wondered that. Like, why? Poindexter. Why Why would they name him Poindexter? They, they, they wanted him to get ridiculed, I guess. Poindexter, really? <laughs> oh my God, Poindexter. But, um, so, you know, we, we kind of touched on some of the stuff um, earlier, but, um, what did you think of like the the social commentary that's kind of riddled throughout this movie, as well as the the comedy element that's you know kind of riddled throughout the movie as well? Well, as far as it goes, I'll start with the comedy just to just to be lighthearted. I didn't know as a kid that some things were supposed to be funny and some things they were <laughs> not supposed to be funny. You know, even when I was watching it last night, because, you know, I needed a refresher, I found myself laughing at the most inappropriate things. Like, I keep on saying when Alice was, you know, like, she's clearly getting abused. I'm not laughing at that, okay? But I'm laughing at the fact that she came down the stairs and she slipped. And it was just like, she was still yelling, like the mother. She was still screaming like you know and it's just like what like and, and it's just like she's like you get down here you scrub this floor and then she just went on this whole rant about how 
children misbehaving in the basement or whatever and there's one in the walls you know so it's just like it made me laugh and i remember laughing at it as a kid i remember laughing at it now obviously as an adult um i know with my husband he was telling me that he um he actually watched this movie as a kid Right, and I thought that was pretty cool. So I asked him if he thought like the way Roach. I know I keep on talking about his screaming, but I, I asked him or whatever it is. That, <laughs> but I asked him. If he thought it was funny because I remember, like, I have five brothers and sisters, and I remember we all used to do that sound as kids because we thought it was funny. And he said, my husband said that he didn't think that was funny. He found it terrifying as a kid. And it's just like, if you don't want them to know that you're in the walls, why are you picking that sound? You know, like, I guess he was trying to, like, taunt them. So, you know, as far as it goes with, with, with that, like, that really just makes me laugh. And then another thing that I found really... um just cool with it is that you you see this movie like you see certain of course like we talk about the campy elements mm. but then we see um how this family they're poor and they're black yep. right yep. and they live in a terrible you know neighborhood and then their landlords they are just pretty much the devil themselves you know um crazy and they're white you know, they they live in a gorgeous house. Like, I mean, as a kid, I was so in love with that house. And it's like, that's weird, right? But I just thought that was the coolest house. They had like all like these little secret pathways and, you know, passageways or whatever. It was just like, whoa, I've always wanted a house like that as a kid. Is that weird? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> you could have been like, gosh, come on. <laughs> And I'm so mad at myself because when I did uh, visit uh, California last January, they that house is there. No, it's, it's somewhere in Los Angeles. Yeah. And I didn't go, Jay. Should have went. You, you, you got to. I, I mean, it, it, I mean, no, I wouldn't want to. You know own that house or live in that house or be trapped in that house definitely but i mean if i ever had a chance to, you know like to go visit probably take a picture from the house I, yeah I, I would definitely so you would you wouldn't go inside if you no could? i wouldn't go I wouldn't. <laughs> and if i did i probably have to be like roach uh yodeling or screaming whatever the hell it is you, know, I, I, you would have to the people looking at me like what the hell is wrong with him like hey, it's from a movie you know that was filmed here and they'd be like oh yeah people on the stairs like yeah yeah, they would know. <laughs> they they definitely would know. Uh, but I would, I don't know the, the ones. There, there's like a good three scenes that really just make me laugh for some reason. And of course, it's the one where um, where a fool is hiding in the bathroom when he's getting chased by uh, daddy, <laughs> and you know he gets up on the bathtub and he gets that porcelain thing, and when daddy you know shoots through the, and he come through the you know the uh, the, the wall which out well through the door which I always felt was a a nod to the shining with Jack Nicholson. He comes through and he looks up and food just cracks across the head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the 
that's one of the funniest scenes. And then of course Roach he comes through the wall and and you know grabs food and take him and then Daddy gets up and he comes and he looks and then he he's like gonna kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then Roach shoots him with the slingshot and hit him across the head like it just it's just too funny. And then you know when he's running around, this is after he thinks that he killed. Um, he either thinks he killed Fool or he killed Roach one. But he actually killed Prince and he's dancing around. I got him, I got him, I got him. Oh, yeah. I got him, I got him. I got him, I got him. And she's just looking at him. Like, she's just looking at him like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, you did. And of course they find out, you killed Prince. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it's funny how this movie has, you know, all of those elements in it. And Wes Craven, I mean, he he didn't have the moniker of master of horror for no reason. You know, mm-hmm. he was a master. And I felt that he, you know, him, Carpenter, and um, probably you say, you know, I'm trying to think, who else do I want? Well, George Romero, too, to some degree. They, they had a weird way of... You know, they would have these terrible situations in their, you know, films or whatnot. But they would, there's some way, somehow, they would have, like, a comedy element to certain things in them. And I, I think that's hard to do. I mean, mm-hmm. they always say that there's a fine line between horror and comedy. But when you put, do, you know, I was, well, you can say perfection or whatnot, have, you know, make it perfect or whatnot, they had a perfect blend of that and doing it all at the same time, because in this movie you have horrible things going on, but in those horrible things, there is a, you know, a comedy element in them, and this movie is riddled with that, and, and I always loved it or whatnot, because it, it is a fun movie. It is. It, it really is, even though horrible situations going on, but it's mm-hmm. a fun movie. Um, Now, my biggest thing about this movie, and I'm pretty sure you probably would agree with this, is that even though the movie is called The People Under the Stairs, we don't get a lot of the people under the stairs in this movie. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, but I mean, what do you think of the small, you know, bits of you know when fool when he's actually down there in the, you know, in the lockup cell or whatnot with them, like, what? Okay, going into this movie, what did you expect with the people under the stairs to see. Like I mean, I, I I'm not gonna lie, I was expecting more. Like I wanted at the time I was expecting to see more of like the people under the stairs. I thought that majority of his time or us as the viewers, the majority of our time would have been spent in the basement area or under the you know, under the stairs. But I like the fact that they used the entire house and it fits because Obviously, there are people who are under the stairs, you know, and, you know, it's it's so it's a big deal. It's like I know that it's, it makes you question, well, well, why, you know, but it's like you ask it's like you don't really know what to expect. Right. Mm-hmm. When you're looking for or when you when you find out the title, or you take notice of the title. So I'm going to go back to even uh, blockbuster days, you know, and people are looking for a movie to watch. And it's just kind of like. I remember those days and I remember I personally, I never used to read like the back of the VHS or whatever. I mainly would just look at the the movie cover, you mm. know, and go based on that. So for me, it's just like, I wasn't disappointed. Not that you're saying that, 
I wasn't disappointed that I didn't get more of the people under the stairs. It's just kind of like, it's like a little surprise, you know, because you get a whole entire house that is filled with horrible things. There's traps, you know, um, there's just secrets. There's, you never know what to expect. And then to find that all those people are like, obviously all the people they're under the stairs and then even with all that money, yeah. you know? So it's, I feel like the title fits and I, I don't know. It's, it's like, seriously, like Wes Craven, like you said, he really, he was like the master of horror, you know, like he had like these wonderful ideas and what I found pretty cool, you know, I'm not too sure how he came up with the title, but I remember reading something um, about how he came up with the concept. Yes, yes. And that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. But it's like, it makes sense. You know, and, and that's how you know, like, you're like the master of horror. If you can, like, really turn, you know, something like that around, you know? Yeah, I mean, especially, I mean, here recent, I think it was the, like, toward the end of the, end of last year where, you know, uh, those people... Uh, the mother and father discovered they had 13 kids and they had them all locked away and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard about that. And I you know, have it. Yeah, it, it was the you know the big thing that happened. In some way, somehow, they they found out that these parents had they 13 kids basically locked away in the house and they was very malnourished and everything like that. And it made me think of this movie <laughs> in a way because it's like, why do y'all have 13 kids and then you have them all locked away and everything like this? Yeah. It, it weird, but like I say, when when I heard that story on the news, it made me think of people on the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, kind of going to the end. I mean, food gets out of the house and falls down into that pond or whatever the hell is supposed to be in the, that they have in this backyard. Like, how the hell is this thing? How deep was that? First of all, but right, I thought there would have been like rocks and stuff in there. <laughs> but nope. So he he gets out and then you know. He gets out, then he manages to, you know, have, you know, he called the police and everything because it's like an anonymous call or somewhat and everything. Of course, you know, mommy and daddy, they play nice for the police and everything, which I thought was interesting. You know, they're like this nice couple. But, of course, she is in control of the whole situation. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it's just crazy, but... Because I remember watching it, like, because I was like, well, how the hell did he get back in the house talking about food? But then I realized because the police has the doors all open. But still, oh, once, yeah. but still, once again, with all these cops and all these people around, how did he manage to sneak back into the house mm-hmm. with no one seeing him? And why would Ruby let her brother go back? Like, <laughs> And no one cared to ask about Leroy. So she did not care about him. Well, nobody cared about Spencer either. Nope. <laughs> nobody cared about Leroy and Spencer or Luther. You know, nobody even cared about Luther. <laughs> so, so uh, but I always found the interest like, how did he sneak back into this house? And I thought the, the final like confrontation between him and um you know daddy down in the basement i thought that was because i mean he clearly was smart because the way he had that thing rigged up right and 
everything. And then, of course, they had him talking somewhat, you know, trying to talk tough. He's like, hey, man, you come any closer, and I'm going to blow us all. You know, it was like, really? Because, yeah, you know, yeah, you, had that, like, you know, that soft voice. But... I know. So it's just like, what? Get out of here. Like... And then, I mean, he do end up basically blowing up the whole place, and which I always thought that was that's a, that's a great um, scene, especially when the house is you know is basically blowing up, and and Daddy he gets blowed into the um, is that I don't know what the hell that was like a yeah thing or what that what some hole in the <laughs> yeah hole, hole in the floor, and but but we forgot to, I forgot to mention that you know when because fool he lets the the people on the stairs out and they basically have like a I felt like that scene with uh, Mother and them was basically kind of similar to Captain Rose and Day of the Dead, mm. <laughs> in a way. It's like, because they finally got her, in a sense, because she had terrorized these people for so long. They finally got their chance to mm-hmm. terrorize her. Um, but And then, of course, all the money is blowed up into the you know, sky and, and people, you know, getting the money and everything, but what what do you think of like how the movie ended? Like, did, did I love like the ending. Okay, I felt like it was a great wrap up. One part that I thought was creepy, uh, when uh, it was uh, what's her name, Alice and Mommy going up against each other yeah. or Mother, yeah. and the way that she was like after she, after Mother, you know, her her knee was all bruised and stuff. <laughs> You know, after getting hit with a bat or a, a, I don't know what it was, a, a pipe. Anyway, um, and she the, just the way that she was hobbling towards Alice, I'm not going to lie, like that creeped me out. I remember that creeped me out as a kid because she looked freaky. She could not keep her eyes, like she looked crazy, you know, and she, she wanted her dead. She did not want her escaping at all, you know, but I felt like it was a, it was a it was a happy ending, you know, for for the kid who came from nothing, you know, for the people, you know, um, getting, I guess, you know, up against it was it was a happy ending for I'm sorry, people who are poor against rich people, you know, um, but you know, evil, good versus evil kind of thing, you know. Yep. So it was like a very satisfying ending for me. Um, even the the music that they chose, you know, it's like a party. But what I don't get is, you know, I get it. Like the people, some of the, there was one particular person who, um, you know, he was stuck under the stairs and he did not want to pick up any money. He was just happy to be free, you know? And it was just like, that's pretty cool. And I know that's like, you know, I remember thinking to myself, well, he, he doesn't want to pick up not one, one thing, just it's up a dollar, you know, but it just, it fit, you know? And and the one you talk about is the one because he's like the I always call him like the featured you know uh, one you know with the long kind of stringy hair or whatnot. I always like wonder like was there more to hit to him or whatnot because you know after Roach you know he was kind of like the one who got I would say more the screen time of the people on the stairs in a way. So I always wonder like was there more to him? Yeah. Or whatnot because. Sure. You know, like you say, he was just happy to be outside, and then where the hell did they go after that? I wonder. <laughs> like, I mean, what can you do after that? You know, I wonder what happened with Alice. Well, maybe she went to go live with um Fool and her and his family. Yeah, that's true. Who knows? Uh, people on the stairs, part two. I don't know. <laughs> and I really hope that they stay in that apartment building with all that money. Like they wanted to pay that. Remember, like. 
was it Grandpa Booker or, or, or Rooker, whatever his name was? Yeah. And he's like, you man. know, oh. the, the man who shot Nino Brown at the end of New Jack City. Yeah. Him. So it's just like he told them, or he, yeah, like he told uh, Fool after Fool brought back a coin that he has enough to, you know, get his mom's surgery and pay their rent until 2000, the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Why would you stay there? Like, <laughs> I stay there. Would you think that? No, like, look, if I could do all of that, why don't we just get up out of here? Go, go find a nice house. Look, I look that neighborhood is a pretty nice neighborhood. I don't like that house, but I go live in that neighborhood. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, man, that like that, that was a weird line in a sense. <laughs> like, so you basically want me to stay in this apartment building? Yeah, he did. So he can keep an eye on them, I guess. I don't. <laughs> I remember thinking that was the weirdest thing, even as a kid. Like, that is bizarre. Yeah, that, that really was. Um, so, before we actually wrap this up, Zena, if you would, um, for anyone who has not seen this movie, you know, give like a pitch or reason why someone should check out People Understand. Okay. Uh, this movie is the perfect movie for a marathon for halloween party just because it's one of those movies that is fun it's scary uh there's plenty of just funny parts and creepy parts that's all mixed into one uh if someone is new to the horror genre and you'd like to introduce them to something i highly recommend this i feel like if you would like to your child to get into horror movies but you don't want to scare them too much but you still want to scare them just a little bit i recommend the people under the stairs i feel like it would even be a great first date movie you know um if you are a fan of west craven this is a must to check out it is it fully just for me it, it just shows his ability as showed you know as a horror master so I highly recommend this uh, to people who, if you haven't seen it for some reason, <laughs> yeah, which I have met some people who have not, uh, this is, it's a perfect time just to check it out. And if you have seen it already, it's always good, you know, just to revisit it. I know it's been a good while, a couple of years since I last uh, revisited this movie, so. So there you have it. And yes, like you said, it's, it's always good to check this one out because it, it's, it's a fun movie, um, <laughs> even with some bad stuff in it, but it's still a fun movie to watch and you can enjoy for like an hour and a half. Um, right. So then I thank you once again for joining me on this episode. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you know you on my show and vice versa, be on your show as well. Um, so let everyone know where they can find you you know, out there on the social medias. Sure. And let me just say thank you again for inviting me on. It's I've had a great time. I love talking movies with you. Uh, you guys can find me at realqueenofhorror.com. I'm also on Twitter at lovelyzena. I'm forever on Twitter. And I'm on Instagram as well. Nothing really interesting going on there, but you're welcome to follow. And that is Mrs. Zena Sade. Sade like the singer. So... There you go. Yes, but you don't you don't show up uh, once every ten years though. So. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> right, look, I'm a, I'm a fan of Sade, but at the same time, I mean, she really she releases an album like once every ten years. So. But she can do that. Though, she, okay. She's the only one that can. So yeah. 
you know, clearly my mom, like she is a huge fan. I I was named after her and you know, I try to uh let everybody know. Good. That's, that's a good thing. I mean, that's, that's that's a great person to be named after. I agree. So, uh unfortunately, I was not named after anyone, so <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But um but yeah, I mean, it, it was great uh, talking people in the stash with you, of course, and probably have to have you on the show again sometime soon. I have to just think of a, another movie, you know, to think of that we can sit back and, you know, laugh and talk about. <laughs> um, but as far as with me, of course, you can check me out on the Twitter at JMovieTalk, um, on Instagram at JMT Podcast as well and you can check out all of the episodes now um i mentioned this on the tv zone podcast uh, episode uh that i did as well but also here you can check out all j movie talk episodes now a part of the tv zone podcast network on podbean um that's tv zone podcast network dot podbean dot com now and also, you can check out all the episodes on iTunes as well as Stitcher. And we'll be um, putting all the episodes on other um, podcasting sites as well um, during the, in the near future. So look forward to that. And like I said, I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you, Zena, once again for joining me in this episode. And I will be back for episode 80 as me and Keita will be doing her uh, movies that she haven't watched as we review the movie Heathers. So. Ooh! Yeah, that's gonna be fun. So. Yes! <laughs> so, peace out. Bye. You got to do the right thing. And dealing and big willing And to a younger mind that stuff is appealing So what do they do? They gather up a crew Go out and steal a rob instead of getting a job Now your mother tried to bring you up better than that The same way she loved you, you loved the right back But now you think you're grown and you argue a lot Over money and got from dealing stuff in the block Now you're not the only one in the world that has problems Keep your head straight and you can certainly